G'day there, all Jess here. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 247 of the Create and Thrive podcast. And today I have an interview for you. But before we dive into that, I have a few things to mention. First thing is I'm doing some research for next year and the podcast moving forward. And one question I'm interested in is, which do you prefer? The solo shows I do where I kind of teach you stuff or the interviews that I do like this episode. Head on over to the Create and Thrive Facebook page and you can vote there. There's a post where you can let me know which you prefer. Um, Also, you can uh, hit me up on Instagram. Just send me a DM on Instagram and let me know which you prefer. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. So secondly, next week, very exciting. I'm doing a series of three live online workshops for free as part of the Etsy U program. So these are workshops that come directly from Etsy and I'm facilitating them and teaching them to you. I'm really excited to bring these to you. Uh, It's a great program and uh, it's available to everybody. I would just ask that you register beforehand. You can do that over at createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy U. So that's E-T-S-Y-U. And that enables me to send you reminders and I can also send you the slides afterwards to the workshops and links to the recordings if you miss attending live. But if you can attend live would be awesome because you can interact with me and ask me questions as we're going. So yeah, that is happening next week. You can find out more about that at createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy U. Register there and I'll send you an email with all the details and I'll send you emails to remind you of each of the workshops. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's my first time doing Etsy, sorry, it's my first time doing YouTube live and teaching with a uh, spreadsheet, not spreadsheet, (laughs) with a presentation. It's been a bit of a steep learning curve, learning how to do all the tech stuff, but hopefully it'll go off without a hitch. And if it does have a bit of a hitch, I hope you'll forgive me because it is my first time giving it a a crack, but it should be really, really fun. Uh, Okay, so that's all the announcements I need to let you know for now. I hope you enjoy this episode with uh, Sarah Miller who I've known for a couple of years now. Her business is called Seaside Harmony Jewelry. She's actually been a member of my Thriver Circle. And uh, she reached out to me and we kind of had a chat about some of the things she's been through and I thought they would be really helpful for you. So that's what we're going to be talking about on the show today. Let's get started. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010 And since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. I'm here today with Sarah Miller. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today because I've been obviously aware of your business for a little while and you have a great story and you've, you know, what is it, 2011, I think you started? That was the very beginning as far, not, not with the business, but with, um, making a lot of jewelry. Right. Right. (laughs) So, and you make beautiful work before we kind of get into where things are up to now. Can you give us a little bit of background in how you got into your craft and also why you kind of segued into running a business out of it? Sure. Um, it's, it's been a long time and uh, slowly evolving, but, very organically evolving. Um, so I was prior to, um, you know, 2010, I was in a really demanding um, law enforcement p- job mm-hmm. and uh, it was like mandatory overtime and, and travel. And it was definitely a lifestyle good for a couple that didn't have any kids, things like that. And that was pretty much consumed most of my time. And then um, I started to have kids and, um, you know, that changes a lot of things. Mm. You never can anticipate you just you're clueless when that starts, <laughs> how much your life <laughs> is going to completely like, oh, this is never going to change anything. Yeah, no, no, no. It changes everything. Um, so my husband is also in law enforcement. So it was kind of, um, you know, he had shift work. And so with all those things coming together, it became very stressful to try to cover all the bases. And we were actually working opposite schedules so we wouldn't have right. so much childcare. And so we saw each other like one afternoon a week and it was, it was just too much. Um, so I decided to leave that position and stay at home 
And it was really a, a huge transition for me because it was such a part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And so much of my time was consumed with that. I just was at a loss a bit. And so, and, and being a mom, you know, it's great, but like, especially with little kids, there's a lot of sort of mundane time and you're sitting there not doing a whole lot in the sense that you can't really leave. So mm-hmm. it sparked this idea. Oh, you know, I thought, you know, I used to make jewelry back probably, I don't know, probably college and, and after that for a while. And I always loved it. It was something that brought me a lot of joy. And so I dug out my old bead bins and <laughs> that was kind of the beginning, you know, it was literally just like dusting them off. And, and so that was started a long journey of creativity for me where I just kind of threw myself into that just to have something for me um, that brought me joy that I could do, you know, at home and just whenever and still be there to take care of the kids. So that, that went on for several years and had different permutations. I turned, I went to wire wrapping jewelry, which was just all consuming (laughs) for Mm -hmm. me as far as I was just so fascinated with what you could do with wire wrapping. And I'm really into intricate designs and um, it was very structural and and you can really do it anywhere. I'd always have like a, you know, bag with like a couple rolls of wire and a project or two, and I'd just be wrapping away wherever I was. Uh, um, so it was very portable. Uh, and, and people, of course, kind of the typical sort of journey where, oh, you, this is so great. You should, you know, you should sell it kind of thing. Ha ha ha. And I had never been in, in business ever. My, my whole life was built around, um, government positions Mm -hmm. for the stability. That's one of the main reasons um, that I went into that whole field. And so I was very, I was like, I don't know. I I really don't know anything. So I I had to start from no knowledge whatsoever. Um, So that was, that was kind of the beginning. I started with craft fairs and just over time I've really evolved. And for several years, I kept telling myself, I want to go online um, because I want to have that piece of it. And it, it just really took me a long time to get there. Um, mm-hmm. And joining the Thriver Circle uh, was part of my big transition. And I went through your setup shop. And that was kind mm-hmm. of the kick in the pants that I needed to <laughs> stay on schedule and, <laughs> and just finally pull the trigger. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a lot of time that you have to invest in that process. So, um, yeah, so that kind of takes up today. I haven't done craft fairs in a long time because of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm really, really happy that I was online and Mm. had everything set up um, to jump into this, you know, continuing world of online shopping. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, it's definitely been a big shift for a lot of people. And I think of a lot of people who are putting it off. Uh, kind of scrambling to catch up now, you know, get that online business going so that you can still have a form of income because, yeah, COVID's definitely done a done a number on, especially in Europe and the US where you've had really high numbers of cases, it's, you know, obviously everything's probably cancelled and you, you, I don't think you guys had any like summer shows or anything this year, did you? No, I mean, really mm. not. There's, um, I've seen, you know, I have other friends, sellers, uh, artists and things in different parts of the country are starting to come back a little bit, but it's, it's very, very slow. And if you were depending mm. on that, that would have been a huge problem. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So your business is called Seaside Harmony. Mm-hmm. How important is that whole sea element, or mm-hmm. ocean element to you and your business? It's been a journey too. Um, that is actually the um, third permutation of my name I think (laughs) so I when I started I was wire harmony and that was yeah because of the whole wire thing because that's Mm. all I did was wire wrapping and I liked the harmony part for different reasons I've I've always been I'm a I'm now a yoga teacher I wasn't a yoga teacher when I first started this whole thing but I was a yoga student Mm -hmm. and um a big part of my life is focus on mental wellness and physical, you know, wellness. That's, Mm -hmm. that's really important to me. And so it kind of was like a a merging of those two ideas. Um, So I stuck with that for a while, but then I ended up, I wanted to learn to be a metalsmith. And so that was um, quite a bit of education and, and practice and stuff. I got a little bit of 
not like going to a regular school, but like to local artists that you could take classes from. Mm -hmm. So I kind of pieced it together. Um, and then it, I just kind of grew out of the name. It didn't really make sense anymore. So um, I had to figure out what I was going to do. And part of my journey, which I'm still working on, is trying to narrow down my focus. This has been mm -hmm. very hard for me. And, and part of that reason is because of the education I've gotten from your podcast, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also have gone to um, some um, online seller, um, basically forums like Craftcation. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Mm -hmm. It's in California. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I went to that a few times. And, you know, I just really learned that, wow, I can't just do this sort of like shotgun approach to everything just make whatever <laughs> I want you know that <laughs> that was fun but um, it didn't really work in the online world it worked pretty well for in person because mm. you know people when they're shopping in person I've seen this over time it's much different than when they're shopping online and so it, it kind of was okay for a while but when I wanted to transition it was, uh, it was very difficult. So I didn't want to be limited to only one type of jewelry uh, method. Like mm -hmm. um, I do enameling. That's part of what I do now too. And I was really scared about being pigeonholed. Like I couldn't do this type of jewelry or that jewelry. So I thought, well, instead I'll just narrow it based on the theme. And mm -hmm. so I live in San Diego by the sea, you know, you live by the <laughs> sea too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot in common. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, and so the, the beach, the ocean, it's part of the lifestyle. It brings me a lot of peace being at the ocean. And so mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I'll, you know, that's how I'll kind of narrow things down. They'll all be sort of ocean inspired. Um, that may not even be narrow enough. I'm still working on that. But that was where that came from. And I wanted to keep the harmony piece because that's just kind of who I am. So that's, um, that's part of my branding, if you will. So. Yeah, I really like that. And yeah, I think it's, it's a really great way to niche things down is to sort of have that theme because you, you are much more free in what you can create, but it does still work together because of because of the theme right. and and I, I do think there's some sort of there's a sort of freedom in that constraint because it just throws out like so much stuff that you can't do it's like oh well that doesn't fit in the theme but then you've got so much freedom within what you can do so you know it, it sort of challenges you to come up with new ideas within the theme it definitely challenges me <laughs> because for a while I was trying to horn in some yoga stuff too. And mm -hmm. it was just getting too confusing. Um, and then just the great thing about just trial and error, you know, just tossing it out there is I, I was seeing what was selling and mm -hmm. the, I had make these waves that are enameled and they were doing much better than I did like these little um, ohm symbols and some other things. And, and those weren't really selling. So I was like, okay, yeah. well the market kind of took care of that for me. <laughs> so it made, it made more sense. I said, okay, I get it. You know, and it's always like kind of sad because you feel like there's a little piece of you that you're cracking off or something, but it yeah. is business and, and it's not you, you know, it's just mm -hmm. kind of, you have to streamline. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. It it can be it can be difficult, but it can be liberating as well once you let go of it and just focus on the things mm -hmm. that are working right. rather than trying to force the things that aren't working. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I, I wanted to um, kind of rewind a little bit and talk mm -hmm. about your transition from the workforce to sort of stay-at-home mum, mm -hmm. as we say, mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because my mum's American. So, you know, I grew up hearing her call her mum mom, but I call her mum. So there you go. It sounds um, similar. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> but um, you, you mentioned uh, in your sort of about page that you mm -hmm. had a period of uh, postpartum depression mm -hmm. and that this, you know, kind of crafting was part of your healing from that mm -hmm. uh so how how did that whole process go for you because i think i i'm i think it's a really important issue that we don't talk about enough like my mom had it my grandmother had it you know that it's really strong in my my family line uh, really bad right. we call it postnatal depression over here and um you know the recovery process for that can be very very challenging mm -hmm. yeah it was um it was yeah, the, the darkest period of my life. And 
it, there was a lot of, I think it was kind of a perfect storm. I was kind of, I was mentioning to you, like just the stress of my job, my husband's job, and then these very young children. And, you know, my, my daughter, when my son was born was three and she is just a firecracker, you know, and so she would just <laughs> run like crazy and I'd lose her, you know, like she's <laughs> running away. And it was just, it was so intense. And, and, it was, you know, it takes a lot of emotional bandwidth to, to do that. And then trying to juggle everything, it was just crazy in retrospect. I mean, there are people who can do it and I'm, I can't, I'm just amazed by them. But for me, it was just, it was kind of the final straw. Mm-hmm. And I'd had some, you know, minor depression before that. And it also does run in my family as well. Um, but it was definitely like the key to the worst situation because also I didn't want to take any kind of drugs or anything during my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't taking any antidepressants and things like that. And everything was fine. Um, except, well, until the end, my, my son was born very early. He was born at 32 weeks mm-hmm. and yeah. And he had to stay in the hospital for a month and he was always fine. I mean, I knew he was going to be fine, but we had to trek back and forth, you know, twice a day or well, we didn't have to, mm-hmm. but we did to be with him and sit with him. And then my daughter is going crazy over here on my Mm. parents. And it was just so much intensity. And then I just was supposed to pop back to work after that (laughs) and go, you know, do search warrants and arrests and interviews. It was just kind of nuts. So I think um, my body or my, it was just like, nope, we're done, you know, and I had nothing to do with it. I, kinda, I was informed by my yeah. body that I would not be doing this. And so I just kind of became almost paralyzed as far as like with fear. Mm-hmm. But it was completely not rational because the fears I had were, they were about being not being a good mom, but I'd already mm-hmm. been fine with my daughter. I didn't have this experience with my daughter when she was born. Mm-hmm. So, but that doesn't make a difference you know when you're going through it the fear is the fear you, whether it's rational or yeah. not you, you still feel it the same way so um i i ended up retiring early and it all went as well as it could have it, it, considering the circumstances mm-hmm. um but i was kind of left kind of crushed you know like a a, a very faint image of myself because mm-hmm this big part of me, my, my career and my identity, which is kind of a big deal in law enforcement. I mean, there's mm. so much training involved. There's so much sacrifice involved. And that was just like, poof, gone. And so I, I just wasn't really sure who I was as far as what makes me important. You know, I'm a mom, but for mm. me, that wasn't enough. Like I needed something for me. And so that's where that little like life, um, you know, buoy came out where it's like, Hey, remember this creativity? Mm. <laughs> because I kind of, <laughs> I kind of had just put that to the side um, for so many years. I, I just was so about, you know, and I was an athlete. I was doing a lot of intense athletics and running and triathlons and all these things. And I really had just forgotten all about that. And so that was this little part of me saying, "Well, hey, you know, take a look over here." And and it really was kind of like just somebody just lowered me a little you know, a little lifeline that said, why don't you follow this? And it it really did over time. And it was a very long time because Mm -hmm. it's coming out from under that something I got pretty bad. It was very difficult, Um, but ever so slowly. And then you start to open this part of yourself with creativity that was basically closed off. So that's Mm -hmm. why it was so part, so critical to my healing because it was this new part of myself that I could open up and that I could be vulnerable and I could express myself um, that was, wasn't broken, you know, from, from anything. So that, that mm-hmm. was, it was just instrumental in me coming back to figure out what my place in the world was and why, you know, what I was going to get up and do every day. So mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're, a very different person than you were previously because I imagine I mean I'm not familiar with the law enforcement life or work but I imagine you have to be quite um, you have to have a lot of strength mm-hmm. and a lot of resilience to do work like that uh, so do you find that you know there are parts of you that are different now that than were then 
Very much so. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything in that it really challenged me because I, before that, I was kind of afraid of, a little bit afraid of conflict. You know, I didn't really mm-hmm. like conflict. Um, I was always kind of deferential to people. Um, and I really had to step outside my comfort zone, like major. <laughs> to, <laughs> to, yeah, just in, in unbelievable ways. And so it was very painful when I was doing that. But it, it taught me about how strong I could be. Um, and part of that too, which is, I mean, it's not good or bad. It just is what it is, is that you have to project an image of strength Mm. Um, so that people take you seriously. And yeah. I'm, you don't see me, but I'm a small person. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a petite gal. And so I had to really project, you know, like, hey, you know, don't mess with me. And, and so that was kind of all part of donning the uniform, you know, the suit, the armor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And at that take, that took a lot out of me. There's people like my husband is very good at that. And that doesn't it doesn't conflict with his, I guess, his core essence or whatever. But for me, mm-hmm. it was, it was very, it was a stretch. And so I think that was part of like, I wasn't a hundred percent myself. I had to almost be somebody mm-hmm. else. And so when I finally put that aside, I could be dive into more who I was, which is actually all about yoga. It's about connection to nature. It's about finding your inner truth, which none of that is really discussed in law enforcement. So <laughs> it's not a pick on the topic list. Um, so yeah, so it, it, I am different, but I'm, I think I'm even better mm. than I would have been without that experience because it taught to me to be very strong. Yeah. Do you think you, ch- you chose it partly to challenge yourself? And oh like, yeah. As a, as a career. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think I felt like I, I needed to prove my importance to myself. I, I don't mm. really know what was operating there psychologically, but clearly <laughs> something, <laughs> something <laughs> was operating where I wanted to. And I was really always attracted to criminal law and um, helping victims. I used to be a domestic violence advocate before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was, I've always been interested in, you know, cr- criminal justice and the psychology of criminals and things like that. So that was definitely pulled in that direction. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, couldn't be much different than what I'm doing now. That's for sure. <laughs> I, d- I definitely relate to that. Cause I had a similar crisis of identity when I went from being, you know, I, I had a science background, I, I was a teacher and then went to making jewellery in my room and selling it on Etsy. It was like, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, this, yeah. is not what, this is not what I planned for myself. Am I still doing something worthwhile in the world? Mm-hmm. Like all of those sorts of questions would creep into my brain and, you know, and you, you have to change the, you have to change who you think you are sometimes and sort of let let an old dream die or let an old identity mm-hmm. just fall by the wayside and let yourself just emerge to being something new um, and realizing that there's value in anything that you can do as long as you do it with, you know, passion and skill and with a drive to do something good in the world. So yeah, and that opened that, the door for you to, for yeah. your much bigger purpose now of, of educating. <laughs> so yeah, it's just like little windows, you know, you go through and who knows where they're going to take us. Absolutely. And that's part of the excitement really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So speaking of kids, because uh, obviously mm-hmm. I don't have any and a lot of people like <laughs> a lot of people in the circle and my students are like, Oh, things would be a lot easier. Like I could do this a lot easier <laughs> if I didn't have kids. Mm-hmm. Sorry for from a mother what are some uh challenges that sort of you came across trying to run a business with kids at home and what are some of the strategies that have worked for you well it's been it's kind of like I said it's you know it's been a a lot of years now and they have obviously changed tremendously because they started out as toddlers and so initially um I mean, I wasn't really running a business in the way that I am now back then. I mean, let's be honest. I was mm-hmm. just sort of making a lot of stuff and throwing it on a table. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there were no records per se, you know. Um, <laughs> I had to learn all that because I didn't know anything. Um, mm-hmm. So I would just, you know, I would just, it was my, well, first of all, it was my fun time. It was my time to myself. 
And so that was, it was like this gift, I, you know, oh, I get to go do, take a class or something. And so <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, but I did go through a period of time where I, I just kind of took on a lot of shows because I wanted, you know, I was like, oh, I was very tempted to sign up for more shows, especially during the holiday season. And I would feel very pressured in myself to create as much as I could, as many pieces as I can for your display and things. And there was just never enough time. And mm. um, I, I just ended up feeling very stressed and, and not fun to be around, clearly. Mm. Um, I would bite people's heads off a lot because I was just like, I, I can't do all this. You know, I can't, I can't take care of this and take care of that. And, and looking back, it was just kind of dumb because it wasn't even like it made any difference most of the time. What I was working on like the night before a show till two in the morning, like nobody even bought it anyway. <laughs> You know, it's ridiculous. But so I had to really take a look at that and think, well, okay, you know, is this worth it? You know, and, and that that's a whole nother thing. And you've, you've talked about fairs quite a bit. And I've learned a lot from you um, and kind of the, the downside of fairs and the mm. amount of work that's involved. But that was what I was doing then. And so I'd really have to take a lot of time off away from the family on the fairs too. So like a whole weekend would be shot. Yeah. I know my husband was wonderful. He'd come in and take care of the kids all day, but I would be gone for huge chunks of time. Um, and at that time in my life, it was, I liked it a lot because that was, again, that was my me time, you know, that yeah. was my special time to myself. So I didn't really mind, but it was over some years, it, it grew to be quite exhausting. It, it's, it's, I am amazed at the people that do that year after year after year, you know, putting up your whole display. And I had lots of wood and heavy stuff. And it was just me because my husband would be with the kids. Mm -hmm. And it was physically and mentally exhausting. Um, so I would just kind of separate out like that. Now, now these days, you know, the kids are 11 and 14. Um, they are at home, of course, because they can't go to school. <laughs> Great great times but um actually my son is going back next week at least part of the time so that's exciting but um <laughs> you know you just you just have to kind of like work through it and what has always been the what I had to learn and, and just come to grips with was when my kids need me I need to help them like I need to be with them and mm -hmm. and I was getting to a point sometimes where I felt like the business or what I thought I needed to do for the business was making me choose. And I, I didn't like that. Mm. Um, so you really have to be comfortable with, you know, how much time you're willing to give that versus, you know, switching. Cause, and now that my kids are older, like they don't need as much time from me. So it, it's a really individual thing. Um, and I would never tell anyone what they should do. Um, but, but I would say that if you, if you're feeling like you're not around as much as you want to be and you have the financial ability to kind of make some adjustments, like if it's not going to, you know, ruin something that you have to have a certain amount of money or something um, to really notice that and, and take heed because those days are not going to come back. Mm. Um, time goes by and that is really precious time. So I just always wanted my kids to know that they were first they are my first priority. My business is after them. So that does limit me, um, clearly, but that's, that's, I'm okay with that because yeah. that's my first, I'm a mom first. And then when I have extra time, I'll, I'll do that. So, and then they'll be gone and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Theoretically. So that's how I've had to, I think you have to have a little talk with yourself Mm. and be okay with like because I was starting to feel a little resentful I think mm -hmm. at one point where I was like yeah you know I just never have enough time and and you just don't want to stay in that place that that's not mm -hmm. a good mental place to be and you're not happy in your business and you're not happy with what you're doing and like there's never enough time for anybody so um, you have to come to some kind of agreement like okay you know if 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 they're going to be taking more of my time I need to be okay with that and then, you know, I'll do what I can. And then maybe in the future, I can, you know, make adjustments. So yeah, that's how I've dealt with that. I really respect parents who make that decision to put their kids first. Because, um, I mean, 
as a parent, you chose to have them. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> so, I did. <laughs> you know, um, I know not everybody is necessarily in that position, but yeah, I, I think it's important to really, because like you said, that time doesn't last forever. You know, mm-hmm. it's a short, a short phase in your life. And I think kids really flourish when they're, when they're loved and focused on and, you know, not helicoptered necessarily, but this <laughs> is that right. balance between supporting them and letting them be free to become who they are. Exactly. So that's yeah. Really lovely they, they see me doing this too. So yeah. I think it's kind of cool because they're seeing my husband in a, in a traditional, you know, government stable job and they see that and then they see me what I'm doing. And so they'll have more information about how that, you know, I've talked to my daughter about like, you know, it's good to have some stability, you know, you just, you know, in your life and not be so stressed about where the next paycheck is coming from. Cause she wants to be an artist, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so they've learned a lot from what I've done, what I've been doing and how I'm living my life as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. You know, I think kids grow up seeing that it's role models. You know, if you, if you grow up and you don't see the possibility then it's not something you necessarily consider for yourself. Right. Um, you know, they've, they've been exposed to both of those options, which I think is fantastic, especially in the modern world. I think more and more people are sort of heading down that entrepreneurial uh, road. And, uh, you know, I'm a big, a big, big believer that that's one of the m- most stable ways to make a living is actually have your own business because you're, you know, you're in charge. Nobody can sack you. Sure. You're at the mercy right. of the markets, but so is everybody. <laughs> right. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just about being, being smart about the way you go about it. You know, there's some artists out, I don't know what sort of artist your, your daughter is interested in being, but there's certainly plenty of artists out there now making a very comfortable living. Um, yeah she she knows she's she work. draws which is funny mm-hmm. because i can't draw like a stick figure she's <laughs> <laughs> um but she you know we've just talked try, i never i don't feel like i got as much of realistic information about careers when i was growing up but mm-hmm. that there's all these different paths you can go and sometimes you can take multiple paths where you have yes. your own that's the big side hustle thing you know you have your <laughs> own you know creative part here and then you're also have accounts with like, you know, businesses or, you know, there's just a lot, you have to be creative about how you approach it. Yeah, definitely. And also I think the idea of having one career for the rest of your life is pretty much gone now Right. in in most ways. You know, many of us have, I know I have and you have, you know, have multiple careers or paths throughout your lifetime. So that's also something for them to be aware of, I guess, isn't it? Which is great, you know, Mm. life more exciting. It does. You never know where you're going to end up. <laughs> I certainly couldn't have predicted where I ended up with my life. My goodness. It's right. hilarious, but right. it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so let's dive into the business side of things a little bit more now. Okay. Um, what would you say has been the most successful sort of marketing avenues that you've used and perhaps the ones that just haven't worked for you as well? Let's, let's talk the good and the bad so far. Okay. Um, well, when you say marketing, do you mean specifically in the online space or just sort of both? I'm interested in, yeah, everything. Okay. Um, well, like I mentioned the, with the craft fairs and things, um, I think that's, that's fun for seasonal stuff and it's not a bad thing as far as if you have the capacity to, to add that as another maybe source of income. Um, it is you know, you do need a lot of um, products, you know, you got to have a good display yeah. and stuff. And that takes a long time to, to get that all figured out. And, and you, you could end up spending a lot of money on actual display items. Um, so that's a whole nother piece that you don't have to worry about when you're selling online. Um, I think that it was, it, it does have some really nice points and I, and I feel like it's a really good place for some people to start just yeah. not necessarily to stick with it, but um, yeah, just being physically out there and having the people come up and look mm-hmm. at your things. You learn so much, um, you know, what people react to and they don't edit what they say. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're not even there. You're not even there. <laughs> I'm like amazed at what people say in front of my face. <laughs> Um, you develop a really thick skin or, yeah. you know, you, you have to, or you are not going to be happy. 
Um, but it is really instructive. I mean, you, you get a great sense of, of what people respond to. And so you do your own little market research. And then I talk to a lot of other sellers and you learn a lot from them, um, mm -hmm. develop a community um, of other vendors that you know, handmade people. That was really fun. Um, that was a great uh, way to sort of network and just have people that you knew that were doing something similar to you because none of my friends were, were doing this kind of thing. Mm. Um, so um, that, that was a great experience. Um, I, I think that as far as marketing, I haven't, I haven't really delved too much into paid marketing because I'm, I'm such a lean machine. <laughs> mm, yep. I'm just afraid to spend money in that way. Um, I, I'm starting to dip my toe. So um, I've just always been very bootstrap. You know, that's kind of how I've done everything. Um, not hardly any investment. And then just, you know, I'll buy um, new equipment or equipment I need with the money I've made. And, and I'm very fiscally like conservative. I, it comes mm -hmm. from my dad. Clearly he was an accountant. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I think even more important than maybe the marketing is just more, especially in the online world, like the, the kind of the sweet spot of trying to find something that you can make that doesn't take too much time. Mm -hmm. um, you've talked about this a ton. <laughs> yeah. And I learned this from you. Um, <laughs> that, you know, you have a good profit margin on it and it's in, you can reproduce it relatively quickly. Um, and that kind of like, there was a big shift for me when I, when I went to um, the waves because what mm -hmm. happened was I was just kind of making a lot of different stuff, you know, and I, I met this other enamelist, which I highly recommend get to know as many other artists in your sphere as possible. Cause they're just mm. great sources of information. Um, but she, she was much younger than me and she was kind of hip and savvy on, on all these things. And she'd been doing it for quite a while. And so I used to like saw out all my copper, which I, I still do sometimes, but she had so many pieces and I'm like, how are you sawing all this? She said, Oh no, no. I, I, um, I have somebody cut them. So these businesses do like water jet cutting essentially. Yeah. 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 And so I, and it wasn't like, she actually gave the design. Like she didn't say, you know, you can buy, you know, pre-cut out copper things, which I have done too as well. But she said, I want these shapes. And so she would draw them or put them in a program. And so I'm like, Oh, that's really interesting. And so I went with the guy that she used and he happened to, you know, their business is like right near where I live. And I developed this design of the wave, which is not like, I mean, I didn't invent the wave, let's put that much there. but there was very specific thoughts that I put into what it looked like and why it looked that way. And I really mm -hmm. liked that um, I could use the top just to loop the, the cord through so mm -hmm. I wouldn't have an extra piece there, like a jump ring or something, and that it was more secure. And I just liked the way it looks. Mm -hmm. It's more earthy and kind of more unisex. I like that too. I, I'm drawn mm. to very simple, clean sort of unisex type designs. And so, um, and then, you know, I started, I did a couple of different sizes of waves and that's kind of how it started. And so that, that was a huge game changer for me because I, I pay him like a dollar a piece or something and I buy my copper in bulk. So compared to me sawing away for an hour, I mean, oh you know, God. I, yeah, it was insane. <laughs> And so, and, and the wave, the top of it, it's an inside cut. So you, you have, mm. you can't use scissors. You can't take any um, shortcuts there. So um, that's how I started, you know, but then once it was like, oh, I just have, you know, go get a bunch. And then I clean them up a little bit and I just started enameling. And it just turned out that that was what people responded to was these waves. Mm. So um, that was, I think it is a shift in mental, like, attitude or thinking or how I was going to approach because in the past I think I would have maybe turned my nose up to that like that's not really handmade or that's yeah. um too simple that's I didn't like simple things <laughs> <laughs> um, I really had to examine my thoughts on that because I really had I just thought well if I'm going to sell something it has to be like amazing 
Mm-hmm. And I just had such high standards for myself, um, which is wonderful. And that's more of an artist perspective. Um, yeah. But when you're selling like goods and things and you're not getting hundreds or thousands of dollars for them, you can't really do that. So mm-hmm. that was the shift in thinking that has kind of led me to a whole different place mm-hmm. um, in my business. And, and now I'm able, to, I'm kind of in a spot where I can kind of, I'm looking at expanding, I'm going into different avenues um, for selling. And um, so that's kind of opened the door for me to be able to do that. That's really cool. I'm just looking at your waves on your website now. Ah, there <laughs> those, you those, those listening may have heard a few clicks of their mouths. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I've seen them before, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I really like those waves. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I really haven't seen anybody do exactly what I do. So, no. I mean, who knows? Maybe that will happen at some point. But, but that feels good too. You know, I want to be mm-hmm. unique. I want to have something different. So that's been really it's, important to me. It's nice to have a signature design too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That sort of people know you for and you can, you know, become, she's the, the lady who makes those enamel wave necklaces. Right. <laughs> which is a right. good, a and good I'm thing okay. to be known for. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> so where does most of your uh, business come from? Online. Let's stick with online for now. Um, well, I started an Etsy shop, uh, I think it says 2013, which is a little misleading because that was my first sort of attempt. And I had that under wire harmony. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did the listed like five things and then just never did anything else. <laughs> it was, it was very short lived. <laughs> Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to take so much time. I don't have time for this <laughs> <laughs> because I was caught in that loop of trying to get ready for shows. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and I just finally, actually, the coronavirus kind of saved me in some ways because I, that was just taken off the table. So, um, so anyway, I, I restarted the shop probably a couple years ago now, um, and I changed the name and um, and just redid everything. So, um, so Etsy is where I make most of my sales, and mm-hmm. then I did open. Um, I have my own website through Shopify. And I was able to get through that process with the craftcation and with all your information, obviously. I think the setup shop, I did the Etsy first. And mm-hmm. I think I did Shopify later. I tried to do WordPress and that was an utter disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do WordPress. <laughs> I can't do it it. 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 it does take a slightly high level of oh. tech it was That's so why painful. I now it's like shop, just do Shopify. It's easy. They, oh, they it was like hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a huge Shopify fan. Um, after my WordPress site got hacked after like oh, five minutes, yeah. and oh. it was yeah, it was awful. That's so stressful. So. Yeah. So that's been actually, and I, you know, I do get sales. It's, it's slow. I, I put all my marketing into my, obviously my, my regular shop, which mm-hmm. I learned from you as well. So that, you know, Etsy does its Etsy thing. And so anything else I'm using, you know, I have all the regular stuff, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, mm-hmm. and I do, everything is geared towards my website. So um, if I'm making sales, you know, they're coming from, and I have like a Facebook group and, you know, mm-hmm. I just kind of check the bosses that, but I haven't done anything more than that. That's all I can manage. <laughs> I can barely <laughs> manage that. So, um, as far as social media and stuff, but, um, but I am blogging. Um, I started to blog and I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a blogger by any means, but it's more just, um, it's for the SEO obviously, but yeah. I do find it kind of fun every, I do it like every couple of weeks now, um, to try to think, okay, what, what can I communicate to these people? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I, I don't feel good about just selling them stuff all the time. So I do want, to, and I do have other things that I care about. So uh, I try to incorporate, you know, some health and wellness in there, maybe um, just, you know, living a better life, I guess, you know, just kind yeah. of weave that into things. And so uh, we'll see if that take, you know, it's, it hasn't been very long. Um, so that's, that's part of the whole marketing part, but it's, it's, I feel like if you don't enjoy it at all, don't do it. Um, mm-hmm. And I do, I do enjoy that writing a little bit and just having a little piece of me, you know, what I'm mm-hmm. thinking about or something important to me that I'll put out there. 
that really has not much to do with my business per se, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what else to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can only talk about what you know. So yeah, absolutely. You know, so I don't really know what am I going to say about waves? I don't know. I mean, I guess I could talk about the ocean, but I just try to make it relevant, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Something that your potential customers might be interested in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to love blogging. It's been such a long time. It feels like such a long time ago when I was a regular blogger. I guess I'm just a podcaster now and, and a YouTuber as well. Um, right. And, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, I kind of want to do some different YouTube videos, you know, more sort of tangential to what I, to what I do, but we'll see if that happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is, it is fun about, yeah, health and well-being and happiness and all those sorts of Yeah. Things. Just kind of like taking care of yourself. I, I feel like that's a big part of my story, but I try to mm. infuse that into the branding just because um, it has to be more than just the jewelry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a story. Right. As a brand, it stands for something. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm, you stand for something and that's how people know. So that's good. So what these days, um, let's, let's put aside COVID because that's its own little <laughs> yes. world, but pre COVID <laughs> and <laughs> post COVID, what sort of a normal day or week look like for you? Well, when, the kids um, are at school. <laughs> when they're at school. Yeah. That was kind of nice. <laughs> Well, I I definitely, exercise is a big part of my day. Not a big Mm. part, but like an important part. A core Um, part. A core part, yes. So I do teach yoga. So I was going to the studio. Now I'm just teaching, you know, Zoom, which is faster Mm -hmm. actually. But um, (laughs) so I'm either doing that or I might be taking a bike ride or running. So that for my own mental health and well-being, that's a very important part of my life. Um, so that luckily I'm very flexible with my time. So I, I can do that pretty much whenever I want. And I live in San Diego where it's temperate most of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a morning person. So I need to sort of wake up a little bit <laughs> <Me neither>. before, <laughs> before I do that. Um, so that will definitely be in there somewhere, but mm-hmm. um, the basic things, you know, I'll, I'll take a look and see uh, what my, you know, order situation is like, see if I have any messages that need to be attended to right away. As far as customers, I try to jump on those really fast. I don't want people waiting around too Mm -hmm. long. Um, And if I have anything, you know, remaining from, you know, previous orders or anything. So that's going to be first, any kind of like, obviously any orders, I'm going to work on those and try to, I mostly, I turn around within two to three days. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've kind of half prepped some like the waves and stuff. I have them fired. You fire each side twice. So I have like three firings done. So all I need to do is add the top color a lot of the time. So I have like a stash of those. So I have to start from the very beginning so I can be faster. Um, And um, so that'll take a certain amount of time. And then, um, you know, inevitably at some point I'll have to do kid related stuff. Um, They go to activities, they, you know, there's all kinds of things. I have a lot of email related to the kids. <laughs> Feels like never ending. So I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of a, like, I don't know. I guess I switch back and forth, but it's not very official. Like I sort mm-hmm. of sometimes merge into the kids stuff when maybe I should be doing my other stuff. But I feel like I, it's also time, like I have to do it before too long. Mm-hmm. I've gotten in trouble for ignoring my email too long. <laughs> my regular email, not my work email. So um, I'll just see kind of what's at the top of the priority list. And then um, if those things are done, um, I'll work on um, my, I have, a, I use Buffer. So I'll set mm-hmm. up like Instagram or Facebook posts, things like that. Um, maybe I'll work on um, a blog post. If I, I kind of have a, I have a method now that I kind of do with the whole shebang where I'll have, you know, I'll kind of percolate ideas on the blog post and then I'll write a blog post um, and then I'll send it out as part of a newsletter Mm -hmm. to my email list and then I'll ping it in the different social media and stuff so I can get kind of the most 
you know, mileage out of it, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that, so I don't do obviously the blog every day. That's, you know, just when, when every couple of weeks, I'm definitely not as structured as I could be. I, I tried for a while. I think I listened to some of your episodes about organizing your time. Mm-hmm. And I tried to make like a calendar, like, uh, you know, like a list every day of what I was going to do. And it just, it just, it just keeps getting sabotaged. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of lists. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of lists. See, that is very important to me, actually. Um, so I have lists all over the place, but I have actually gotten much better. Were you an Evernote person? I don't remember um, if you were Evernote really, or where no, I heard I have, about that. I, I've may have mentioned it, but I, I think I used it briefly about 10 years ago, but I've moved on to other things. So it is a good program though. Okay. So I have no team members, you know, it's just me. So yeah, it's, it's amazing um, for organizing your thoughts and having all the different categories. And I actually use it whenever I make like a new design. Um, mm-hmm. I take pictures of everything and I'll list all the, you know, all the different components. And, and so it's, I, I kept, you know, forgetting things because I would come back to it and it'd been too long. So yeah, that's a um, great idea. Yeah. So I have all sections as product details and, and so anything I make, I'll, I'll be able to go back and then I'll have like my supply, you know, if I'm running low on supplies, I'll have a list for that. I'll have, you know, there's just lists for everything. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm just, I guess I'm more organic in, mm-hmm. in how I flow through things. Um, so that's, just kind of my personality though. So, Mm -hmm. um, I try to stay somewhat structured, but when things come to my attention, I'll have to deal with them. So it's more like I have a general idea of what I want to do in a day and Mm -hmm. then maybe I'll get to it and maybe I won't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's pretty normal really. Yeah. (laughs) Like I have work hours, but they're somewhat flexible work hours. It's more like I have a, a routine for my day and sometimes it might start a bit later, sometimes it might start a bit earlier depending on the day um, and I just sort of flow through that routine for the right. day and, and it's get as nice. much done as I can in that time. It's nice having that, that flexibility. Um, mm. But now that I, you know, I'm, I'm finally starting to do things that I've had in my mind for a long time. Um, so, you know, you just sort of like have these things bouncing around your head and I knew... I wanted to do um, a little group giveaway on Instagram, like mm-hmm. a little, con- not a contest, but just a giveaway. So, you know, I fu- I had some mental space to, I contacted a couple other Instagram sellers or sellers on Instagram who made products, not the same as mine, but they were like ocean themed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were so lovely. They were the sweetest people and we, we worked together and we did the thing and, you know, I got, you know, a bunch of extra followers, you know, who knows if it really did a whole lot, but it got, I wanted to try it. So yeah, yeah. I, I finally like got around to doing it. And then I'm applying for going through um, Amazon Handmade now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I finally got, you know, the website kind of okay. So now, so it's like, there's been these things on my mind as goals for a long time and it'll just come to a place where like, okay, I'm ready to start that now. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've, I've kind of squared things away enough that I have the ability to now look at that. Yeah. Um, you've got, you've got the mental space and energy right. to make it happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, it's, I learned from early on, like I, I went to this, um, my first craftcation and I was like, I'm going to learn all the business now. And so I took all these business classes and it was like all day, all business. <laughs> I was furiously taking notes. My head was about to explode and I hadn't, <laughs> I, I like really wasn't ready for most of this stuff, but I'm like, I need to know everything. I need to learn everything. And so it, it was sort of just really brutal <laughs> the way yeah. I, I did that. So it's, but it kind of tucked away like little things in my mind of like, eventually I want to get to that, you know? And so, um, I knew there was a lot to learn, but it just always takes longer than you think it's going to. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And it, you know, you have to sort of, you can't learn everything at the one time because your brain just cannot assimilate all that information. Right. Like if if you understand how brains work, you know, it's like the, have you ever seen mind mapping? Uh Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So like our brains and your networks, you know, you have to have something for a thought or something to, to latch onto. And then that leads to something else. And so we have to create these networks in our brains to connect all of these things together. And, you know, it's really difficult to sort of dump everything on someone and expect them to assimilate it all at once. So that's why it's a journey, you know, it's, it's an evolution and a journey to, to learn all this stuff, especially if you're starting from knowing absolutely nothing about business. I knew nothing. Or selling online or <laughs> I didn't know what wholesale meant. Like I didn't know anything. <laughs> and so I kind of was like, I want to learn it all. But then I would learn enough to know, okay, I'm not interested in doing that, you know, or at least right now. Um, I like to weed things out. So um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just to circle back around to something you yeah. said earlier about um like craft markets and things, they are a really great thing to do at the beginning, uh, you know, in the first few years of your business, because like you said, you have that opportunity to get out in front of real people and actually see what their responses are and make those connections. And like I did that, that's how I got started really. I mean, I started selling on Etsy, but then I got involved in like Bristol, which is like a local Etsy, it was just an Etsy team back then. So it's a lot more now, but you know, I was like, Oh, I'll go sell at that market and once in a while. And <laughs> it was really great. Like I made a lot of great connections and, and friends in yeah. the industry and learned a lot from them. And, you know, had a lot of experience seeing what people were interested in, what they weren't, and learned that it just wasn't also wasn't what I wanted to do long term. You know, I didn't want to have a market based business, but it was fun to do occasionally. So it's all about those evolutions of working out what you what you want your business to look like and what works for you. Some people love it because they're like extroverts and they want right. to be out there and in, you know in the hustle and the bustle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's it is it is uh, a bit lonely sometimes working Mm. at home. And one thing I I did want to mention, just, I don't know if we would ever get there normally. So I'll just throw it out there is um, I was feeling, you know, pretty isolated uh, because I I got all, you know, I got all the equipment that I need. So I just work in my garage and and in my house. Mm -hmm. And so I used to go to, um, you know, these guilds and these, or not guilds, but like there's a San Diego Mineral and Gem Society. And I would work there just to meet people and like, learn from other people and there was there was different places I would go where I would see other people doing the same thing and we'd commune you know and then I I stopped all that because I didn't need to really go there anymore Mm -hmm. but also I kind of ran out of time you know it's just I didn't have the time to do it and then it was just all me and so um one of my goals was to um to join the San Diego Enamel Guild which is in Balboa Park. Um, it's a real touristy part of San Diego. And they have a handmade arts village called Spanish oh, cool. Village. Yeah, it's been around forever. And so, um, and you get juried in and stuff and you sell your work there. I mean, it is part of a business plan. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like having, you know, a place to sell your stuff like you would if you went, you know, to consign or wholesale, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also having a community of other artists that do something similar to you. So if that's a big part of your journey with this there, like the artistic part is still really important to you. You, you got to honor that on some level mm-hmm. and you, you have to lose a bit of that um, in the business sometimes not, not everybody mm-hmm. does, but, um, but I feel like that's a really great outlet. If you can have that too, you know, yeah. it's just like another place that, you can go and because the things that I take to the gallery are not the things that I sell online. Like they're mm-hmm. much more complicated and, and expensive. And, but that's where you would take those things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's a totally different audience. And I'm really excited about having that as kind of like my little fun playground place, you know, <laughs> and then my online is much more streamlined and structured and kind mm. of basic, you know, So um, if that, that was a big hurdle, mental hurdle for me to get through. So if, if, if that speaks to you, um, just look around and see what's out there in your community. Even if you can't physically go right now, there's a lot of online things too. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually I started going to the Zoom meetings of this Enamelist Society. It's so much fun. (laughs) Like I'm learning from like experts in the field. It's so cool. So that's just a nice way to honor your artistic um, passion 
Yeah, definitely. I love that. And, you know, having those multiple streams of income and different ways that you sell and different locations and venues that, you know, different things might work. And that's an important thing to think about. You know, you don't have to have the same product line across all venues. You can have, right. you know, your online stuff, your simpler bread and butter work. And then for your more artistic, complicated pieces, yeah, sell them in a gallery because you can sell them for heaps more money. And, you know, you have you have the freedom to just make pretty much whatever you want as long as, you know, it's within your style so on. But, yeah, so that's a really, really great point, definitely. Yeah, and you can do more one-offs if because that, if that's how you start um, but then you ha- struggle to limit yourself, that's the mm. way you can kind of have both. So Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. So what would be over the, t- the time you've had a business from everything that you've learned, what would be a, one piece of advice you could give to fellow makers about running a successful creative business? Uh, I thought about this and I put (laughs) a few notes down here. Um, I think um, there's a few things. So this, I'll just wrap them into one. One is just to be really honest with yourself about how much time you really have to commit to your business. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, maybe you don't have enough time and, and just to give it the, the space that it really deserves because it's going to require a lot of your attention and time to do it like a decent job. And mm-hmm. so just to be honest with yourself, like, do I have the space for that right now? And if you don't, it, it's okay. You know, you can kind of just keep moving in that direction um, and not go all the way in, you know, where you're potentially putting yourself in a risky situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so one is, is being honest with yourself. Um, another thing is not being hung up or sidelined or distracted by the expectations of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is like more internal work than, than <laughs> external work. Um, where when I started, I feel like people just kept telling me, oh, you know, what, what do you want to do? You want to get into like all the biggest, you know, um, department stores. And I was like terrified. I'm like, what? <laughs> I have to do what? You know, and, and I was just like, well, I guess that's, that's the American dream, right? Like mm. you become, and, and you know, you're going to become big and all this. And I would almost feel kind of bad because I'm like, well, I don't know if I can do that, you know? But then for years I was kind of, feeling almost like bad about it. But then I realized, you know, I really have no interest in that. Mm-hmm. And that's not why I do this. And that's not what I want to do. And so it was more just understanding what your actual goals are, and what you're okay with. Because if someone looked at my situation, they might say, wow, that's really pathetic <laughs> business you got going there. But to me, I am very happy what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. I'm learning a lot and I'm moving forward and that's all I can expect of myself right now. So, you know, you just, you just have to be very clear and honest and don't, you know, don't take cues from other people, but what is, what is it that you want out of, out of your business? And then I think you can probably be much happier with what you're doing. Mm, I love that. Do you people do what you want to do? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, yeah, there's no, there's no rules. There's no like no. you have to do this or that. You know, you really don't. That's what's don't. so nice about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. You don't have to have a big business. You don't have to grow all the time. You can just yeah. reach a point where you're happy and just run with it. And, right. Or just float with it, whatever, whatever the adjective is that <laughs> makes you feel the best about it. <laughs> I think that's honestly like one of the reasons why I connected with you um, versus other maybe educators that I'd heard podcasts and things because traditionally here in the U S it's all about, you know, big, big, big. And, and I just, <laughs> I really appreciated that you kind of were presenting another option. Like, Hey, that's not, it doesn't have to be that way. And it didn't feel honest. It didn't feel like authentic to me. So mm-hmm. I was much more, and I'm very environmentally conscious and, you know, you just like you, you, that's another, like find somebody that you really click with. Yeah. to f- get your advice from or to learn from. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, we're, we're a lot more laid back here in Australia. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it. 
does have a it does have a dark side. There's this really? thing called tall, tall poppy syndrome. Oh yeah, uh, like if you get too big for your boots, sort of thing. But um, no, we are we are much more about living um, but you know, a happier, just more relaxed life. I think than a, a lot of the US sort of culture is. Yeah, um, I think we could take some notes from the Aussies <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so yeah I definitely like to get to try to get that across to people it's like do what do what makes you happy that's you've got one life it's going to be over before we know it don't waste your time chasing someone else's dream and it's funny my dad was definitely a big influence my mum was as well but my dad was in business for like 40 years or something he was in sales and things like that and he would he'd give me a you know these books like he gave me the the seven habits of highly effective people when I was 18 and I devoured that I loved it and um there was uh, some other business book. I think it's called Who Moved My Cheese. It's like this really <laughs> funny little, it's got a, like a mouse and cheese and it's like this whole story about, yeah, like it's, it, and it comes down to the same thing, like stop chasing after somebody else's dream and stop stop doing what other people think you should be doing. And, yeah. and the old story about climbing the ladder, you know, is the ladder on the right wall? Are you actually climbing towards right. the right but but I feel like too like give yourself some some grace because you don't know these things really until you start to really experience them. Mm. So don't worry about the mis- I mean obviously you don't want to make a lot of mistakes but like you know just just move on and just realize mm. like take all that learning that you're doing as great experience. It's all really important that you got went through all those things, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, you have yeah. to you have to try something to know whether it's going to work right. or not. Yeah. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, do you did you happen to bring along a quote, a favorite quote today to share? <laughs> I, I I did. Okay. I don't know. If that's my favorite quote, but I um, <laughs> I figured that as a fellow yogi, I should bust out some Paramahansa Yogananda for you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> do you know his story? <laughs> I do. Okay, which is really cool because he started the temple hill here in San Diego, um, which is like 20 miles from where I live um, in Encinitas. (laughs) Yeah. It's so cool. Anyway. um, So I just was flipping through his little book here and um, autobiography of Yogi. Is that the one? This one says spiritual diary. Right. So it's other people too. And this Mm -hmm. doesn't even sound like it comes from a Yogi, but um, the best way to increase mental power is to try to accomplish something worthwhile every day. Choose some worthy task or project that you have been told you cannot do and try to do it. That's wow. it. I like it. So just keep, keep moving forward. That's like the, is it the Eleanor Roosevelt quote? Do one thing every day that scares you. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Very, they were thinking <laughs> on the same lines. <laughs> I think so. Definitely. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much sure. for coming on the show today. Where can people find your work? So my website is seasideharmonyjewelry.com and I'm on Facebook and Instagram with Seaside Harmony Jewelry. And of course that's spelled the American way. So remember that everybody looking it up. (laughs) It's been awesome to chat with you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us today. You're welcome. Thank you, Jess. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sarah again Don't forget to register for the uh, free workshops next week if you'd like to attend. I think like 500 plus people have already registered, which is really exciting. Uh, It's going to be good fun and hopefully I'll have a chance to answer lots of questions as we work through those workshops. Uh, Yeah, so head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash etsu to get access to that and register and I'll send you all the details. Hope to see you there. Have a great week and bye for now.